we think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily Digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. I wanted to kind of come back around to something that we've been talking about throughout the last week, and that is Karen, a real-life, actual, her name's Karen, Karen, who attacked uh, earlier this, this past weekend, she uh, she attacked the you state rep. Sorry, I had you muted there. Nobody, I was hearing you chewing, so <laughs> I still am hearing you chewing. She wanted to talk to the manager. Indeed, uh, and she did that. Uh, she sent a message to the state's uh, secretary of state's office, complaining to the ballot law commission uh, that she said that the the state representatives who had voted in favor of allowing the people of New Hampshire to vote. On the question of declaring peaceful independence, should not be allowed to hold office in the future. That's what happened. She mm-hmm. put in that complaint. They had a meeting that was already slated for this week. So it was a regularly scheduled meeting, and they put her on the agenda. And you guys were there with me and roughly two dozen, I would say, other people that are freedom-oriented folks that showed up for this. And we talked a lot about it. I think yesterday on on the show, uh, since Bonnie was uh, was on with me and and she was there, but you guys were there too. So I wanted to kind of get you to weigh in and you know tell us what you thought about what uh, what transpired yesterday or Wednesday, I guess at this point. Yeah, well, I I was favorably impressed. Uh, they the the people who who met the the politicians, I guess, were were actually aware that there were limits on on their power and their authority and and they chose not to um you know not to not to strike out against free speech so uh so good for them you know they actually knew what their job was and uh it was uh it it, it was it was an interesting experience it it got me thinking about how to market secession. What we need to do is to get the vote started, convince a bunch of a bunch of leftists that it would be a great patriotic thing to do to have this vote, and then all go out and vote to stay in the United States. Well, um, and and that's the thing. It's like, what are they afraid of? These people want to keep secession off the ballot so badly. And I think that's because they know it's going to clock in much higher than they might want it to. 
you know, we've heard the idea of blockchain voting proposed before. Uh, Greg from New York, for instance, with Intercoin has been talking about that as something that, that he wants to make possible with the whole Intercoin thing. And I don't know where Intercoin is right now with its development. It's I, I don't think it's come out yet. Um, there may be existing systems that have already been released for this. We know that with decentralized autonomous organizations, as they're called, they have voting systems. Those mm-hmm. are in place. If you have a decentralized autonomous system, there are organization, there are software platforms to allow for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the folks over at Dash were, I think, one of the, the earliest innovators in this way. But the real question becomes then, let's say you have software, mm-hmm. okay, and let's say that part's done. How do you verify the people i mean because it's usually when you're dealing with a blockchain it doesn't matter who you're talking about because it's all anonymous anybody can get into the mm-hmm. game there's no permission slip that you well, need I, but I if mean, you're going to have a number system, of ways that you can do it you can do something similar to what was called the pgp web of trust where people signed <laughs> each other's keys oh um and so Dude, basically- we can barely get people to we can barely get people to hold on to one key uh, mm-hmm. To get them into our chat server, people are effing that well, up constantly. That's that's fine because we're not trying to build uh, a, a social club in the basement of Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be that secure. Uh, be, uh, but basically, the, well, we're talking about a voting system. I would think it would need to be secure. Don't um, a lot of people get very concerned when they talk yeah. about voting fraud and things like that? Well, There's a lot of concern about. So that. would be way more concerned. Uh, it would yeah, still be way more the secure than is, what we got, though. Is I think what you, it's it's not the same sort of security because mm-hmm. basically you're 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 not doing it to take something. You're you you're doing it to leave a mark. Yeah, I mean, so you don't have to be able to get yeah, at it later, and you don't have to add content to it later, <laughs> and and you do it with proof of stake. This is this is something that happens behind the scenes. Like your average person is not going to be interacting with it. You have to. That's why software has interfaces, and they right, don't just right, say, right, "Oh, right, right, like, well, if you want to sort your messages in reverse order, just hack the C." I mean, um, <laughs> look, 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 yes, this is the, this is the thing. I, I, I like, like if we talk about Bitcoin. Right, um, you know. No, we're talking about a Bitcoin Cash token. So <laughs> mostly people don't even have to understand the, the point. Yeah, the point that I want to make here. But is, you can write any piece of software, give it people, any interface you want, and have it be a wallet under the covers. People, you could you could write uh, freaking Pokemon Go and and use a Bitcoin Cash token as your underlying points. She wanted them to kick the uh, 13 people who had voted for CACR 32, which was the independence bill earlier this year, that would have allowed people to vote on the question. Mm-hmm. It didn't pass, sadly. It was 300-something against 13, so it was like 360 versus 13. So we, got a way, we have a ways to go, but this woman was livid about this, and oh, she yeah. gave a lengthy, boring, uh, you know, rambling presentation to this committee, ultimately to only have the committee come back and say... That's not our jurisdiction. And and Have one nice of day. the attorney generals of of New Hampshire was he the attorney general? Assistant. He yeah. was an assistant. Yeah. Okay, he was an assistant attorney general, but he still came in and basically uh, said that as far as the state of New Hampshire is concerned, you're doing nothing wrong to have these discussions, and that's good because as people have these. 
uh, discussions, you always have to have to wonder, is somebody going to call this treason or sedition? Um, but at least in New Hampshire, apparently not. I was thrilled uh, with Karen's attempt to bring attention to the New Hampshire independence movie through this. Yeah, you thanked her crazy, for it. Yeah, uh, this crazy, mm-hmm. I, you know, attempt to throw You know, you have to wonder, how do we get more Karens on our marketing you know, team for independence, yeah. right? Like, Do more stuff. Right. I, but it's, get more people, it's what, win more votes. It's what, it's what Karen is doing that's bringing all the attention. She I made mean, it possible. Right. Yeah. So how do we get more of her on our marketing, you know, well, <laughs> we don't want any Karens on our team. I mean, I don't well, know. No, we don't kind of want attention. them on our team. <laughs> right. We want them on the other right. team uh, howling like the lady at the Trump inauguration and letting everybody know that something's going on in New Hampshire. Yeah, the uh, quote that comes to mind by, I guess you could sort of call him another Karen, is every other house has an arsenal in it. <laughs> Even. Yeah. said um, that one. Uh, if, I think it was like an FBI agent or something. Oh, okay. um, during a particular raid here recently. Got it. And mm. uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, and and that's the thing. Uh, sometimes your bug is somebody else's feature, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So they're doing marketing for us without even realizing that they're marketing right. for it's, us. It's not and the first time. It either. would be great if we could if we could. Uh, if we could return the favor, mm. okay, by, you know, getting, finding a bunch of libertarians in a state that's getting more and more socialists. Uh, basically all of them. To basically scream about how socialist it's getting here in particular and try and start a, a good free lunch project to... Uh, attract to, them, you mean. To uh, attract yes, the to, to get them to get them to, <laughs> to move there. Mm-hmm. Start, start an anarcho-communist version of the uh, free state project in a different state. Well, there is a free lunch project. I mean, that is a thing. Well, that, that's a parody, though. But they're still trying to do what you're talking about. They, mm-hmm. uh, they do go... I think there's also one called the Progressive State Project. Right. Uh, oh, that's are, right. I don't know if they're run by the same people or whatever. I don't but know. They... The Progressive State Project, I guess, is less over the top, mm-hmm. so it's not as obvious as, as satire. Your she state... should have read our survey before she went after that. The because... survey showing that a lot of New Hampshire people support independence? Yeah, that survey? because the only way she was going to win that Hail Mary is if everybody thought it was an awful idea, and a lot of people are talking about national divorce these days. Well, they are, but that didn't factor into the decision of the the uh, the board that we saw the other down Wednesday. Yeah. They were really just taking it from the question of mm-hmm. this isn't really our jurisdiction. That's essentially what they came back to her and said, look, you've got a question about yeah. constitutional issues, lady, and we just are here to interpret the ballot mm-hmm. law. They, they, so but they, the thing is, if they'd been angry enough at what we were trying to do, mm-hmm. they might have made a different decision. If you piss people off enough, yeah, they will abuse be. their power. They did, one of them did say, at least two of them made it pretty clear they were anti-secession. So, yeah, right. They, they seemed to be like they were they were being consistent with past uh, decisions. Mm-hmm. They, yeah, they, they didn't want to open but the Pandora's box. the thing is, they box. don't have to be uh, no, they don't. consistent no, they don't, with but... past decisions and there are reasons people make the right choice and, and the wrong choice and I think one of the reasons is that this is no longer outside the Overton window. Maybe, but I, I don't think those those old guys on that panel knew about that poll. I don't think they're aware yeah. of the support that this issue they has. They may not have known about that poll but if they're on Twitter, they're seeing <laughs> Did you see how old those guys were? They were on Twitter. Day. You were in the same room with My us, My dad right? is 95 
five, and he was on Twitter a couple of years ago. I don't know if he still is. I mean, it is true that it's not impossible for uh, for elderly folks to use computers. It's certainly more common these days than it was 20 years ago uh, or whatever. But that said, I didn't get the impression. Maybe they've that, got a middle-aged kid who's yeah, filling them be, in. Could be. Uh, but but still, like they did make overt comments that were against secession yeah. in that case. And, and what they said was that they didn't want to open a Pandora's box and give something to this lady, which would then open up anybody who had a complaint about anything that the state reps did as state reps, which is just to say that mm-hmm. putting in legislation and voting for legislation, whether that mm-hmm. legislation is unconstitutional or constitutional, you could you could have a ton of people coming in there trying to disqualify sure. other state reps. And I don't mm-hmm. think they wanted that. But so. I'll bet that if we were actually forming, for example, the KKK party. If we were trying to form that, Which we wouldn't do. they would have. Well, no, of course we wouldn't do that. <laughs> it's completely opposed to our ideas. Yeah. But if we were trying to do that, that may well have shocked their conscience enough that they said, "Oh, we're just going to break the I don't rules know. and you squash know, I, I, You know, you know what? Nobody. I, I think if this was a court of law, you'd probably be right on this issue. Right now, they they still see us as the underdog, but mm-hmm. they see us as a dangerous underdog. As we get more and more popular, they're going to have to come out and and address what we have to say. Ridley, do you want they want to convince people? Do you want to comment on your uh, your interviews? Because you did get at least one guy to comment, a uh, state representative who gave you a bunch of. Uh, responses or a lengthy response, but most of them, yeah, weren't weren't really interested in talking at all. Any comments on that? Yeah, well, you know what, what Rich was saying, you know, about the fact that he was yelling a little bit at Karen. If you stop and think about it, what, what Rich was talking about was how how she was ultimately kind of supporting the government that did the Iraq War, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I was thinking, what made what I thought about as I was driving home, I thought, you know, there are a million people killed because of the American invasion of Iraq and there were some that were tortured and they don't have a voice and Rich Paul gave them a voice yesterday. Yeah. yeah and they didn't want to hear it. They heard it, but they definitely did not feel comfortable. They slinked away as quickly mm-hmm. as they possibly could. If you take, um, you know, maybe Iraq and Afghanistan together, they probably killed the entire population of New Hampshire and people. Yeah, seems about right. There's a million oh, and a half of us. Yeah, um, that's no, that was actually one of the estimate. It was something like a million people, and I think it was Iraq. But yeah, that, it was a million people in Iraq alone. Right, right. Women and children, I believe it was. If you add up and, conflicts, you'll eventually yep. get to the population yeah, of they, New Hampshire. They basically, they and almost, that would be a really interesting publicity yeah, stunt. Yeah, they, they basically wiped out the population of, or maybe got close to it, the population of New Hampshire. Speaking of warmongers, did you guys Iraq hear There's uh, there's been a hubbub on Twitter around the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire account recently. They posted, I think it was yesterday, an image of John McCain's daughter crying at his funeral and said, Happy Holidays. And it's been blowing up. They actually got McCain's daughter to retweet and comment on what they were saying and it's just they've gotten like over 1600 follows in the last 24 hours wow so many people are mad about that well say what you will about Trump 
Trump was a world-class troll, mm-hmm. and he knew how to get people talking about him. You know, and and sadly, the easiest way to do that is to piss them off until they lose you know, their there, judgment. There's, I think, there's something to this. Uh, you know, this sort of messaging. Like some people, some libertarians, it seems like they we need a free state like project for Chan. The Karen and the benefits that she has brought to us, we really ought to send her some flowers or maybe some chocolate-covered strawberries or something like that, since we have her home address uh, and her uh, you know, contact right. information. <laughs> she was very public about that. Yeah, well, she had to be. She, she filed a public complaint against the state reps. You can't do that anonymously, so she Ooh. had to give up her, her personal information. But I, I, you thanked her? Personally, when she came out the door, that footage, by the way, because she didn't, you know, they actually tried to block your camera. Oh, and they it was did. Ridiculous. Uh, which, that is, footage which is, is humorous because they had a camera yeah, that sure. was filming us. Of course. It's like, you know, it's it's funny uh, because they were alluding in the in the one story, they were alluding to us stalking, uh, you know, stalking them. And it's like, well, hold on a second. First of all, we they didn't do, use that word. No, they didn't. But no. that was what they were. That's what they were implying. Mm. And first of all, we weren't doing anything different than any other media outlet. Second. Well, Okay. I, I mean, mean, they were forcing us to, you know, you know, try maybe you to- weren't doing something different. I had intended to, you know, give her uh, a piece of my mind. And in my case, I wanted to thank her. That's that was what I kept trying to say. But one of the things that happened at the end of the video was it's kind of the like there's a the benefit to having multiple activists is you catch them from multiple angles and right. they're going to definitely not be able to ignore you. Sure. The downside is. You don't have any kind of pre-planned plan as to who's going to say what. So it's like nobody was talking and you were talking and I might wanted to say something and then Ridley was talking and it was sure. hard to get it was hard for everybody to get what they wanted to say in before she got into her car. So it is a bit of a cacophony. I agree. But she put herself in that situation by by not stopping, by not giving us an opportunity to communicate with her and ask sure, for, yeah, you know, yeah, an interview and be really clear about it. But really that's all we were asking for. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's like you it, she went up there. She spoke publicly, right? You would think she's a public person, and mm-hmm. she's acting as a public person. She should she should behave like somebody who's you know. Uh, you well, know, but she give... knows that we're not her friends, and that we're not going to give sure. her a fair shake, right? Or which whatever. is why, so which is why no interest for her to stop and have a chat. Right. Which is why you know we had to you know sort of uh, you know wait for her mm-hmm. for for uh, what, half an mm-hmm. hour or whatever until the thing was over right. in order to, but because we didn't want to go in and be disruptive or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, that. Wouldn't have worked out very well. No. Well, so you know, it's. It, <laughs> but to say we were stalking her or implied which that she didn't say. No, she didn't, but she implied it. I think you're underselling us in the sense that most of us would give them a fair shake if they wanted to talk, then it would just be a conversation. They'd get to talk, we get to talk, and I don't think their comments would be cut out or anything. I gave Tim Horgan a fair shake, you know, and he you did. Yeah, that's true. But they don't know that. Know. They don't know that. Let them bring uh, their own camera guy, so that's you because, each get a full uncut copy that's a fair of the thing. software. They, sure. they assume we're going to use the same show. tactics that they use, which yeah, that's yeah, true. Which well, is why, course, which is they, why they don't do. want to talk to us. Well, and by fair shake, I mean I didn't cut out a single word he said, and I hardly ever do, you know, with anyone that I talk talk to on camera. But yeah, I was calling about something else, sort of independence related. You know, one of the independent reps is Mike Sylvia, mm-hmm. um, who co-sponsored the, the, the constitutional amendment on independence. He did. And, uh, uh, you know, one way we can help him is make sure that they're still in the news. Um, and, uh, so he's been under a lot of fire for, uh, what's like his, his participation in the management of Gunstock Ski Resort. Are you, are you familiar with this? Yeah. 
Yeah, Gunstock is a state-owned ski resort in the Lakes region, I think. And uh, actually, the Porcupine Freedom Festival was held there two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally at the Rogers Campground. The first two campground. years I went to it Me were too. those two Me years. Too. Uh, and then it moved out back to Rogers Campground, which is a privately owned facility. So much better. Much better choice. <laughs> uh, but there's been some hubbub about the government management there. And I, I don't know if Mike Sylvia is trying to sell the place or all the details. They've but- been talking about trying to do what has been done with some other New Hampshire ski resorts specifically that are, that are still owned by the government, mm-hmm. but they're now leased to private companies that operate hmm. them. Um, I think they should just sell the whole thing. But what is uh, your understanding of the situation there, Ridley? Yeah, apparently it's sort of the long arm of Franklin dead Roosevelt coming to coming to get revenge on us for trying to downsize the government. Apparently he was the one that had that, that thing built. I mean, there was no doubt that some of us wanted to confront Karen in a dramatic fashion because that makes entertaining video. After well, I mean, that's mostly because you want she just to wanted us. to talk to the I mean, manager. If these people would just interview us properly, we but they're never going to do that. They, they know they're not. They feel like they're not going to get a fair shake. And now Ridley pointed out that he would give someone a fair shake if they would just talk to him. But they don't know that. They're incredibly paranoid. And I think you pointed this out, Chris. They believe that we are going to do to them what they would do to us. Right. Mm, so yeah. uh, it, it actually brings me back to the protest that some of us went to here in Keene. Maybe it was like two months ago at this the, point. The there one was, by the Democrats? Yeah, there was a group of Democrats yeah. that came to Keene Central Square and they had a anti-free state project protest. Well, I found the organizer of that protest who I'd never met before. He's a Democrat here in the area, a gentleman who of uh, Middle Eastern descent. And I went up to him and I said, hey, I'd like to interview you. And he said, you know, who are you with? And I told him, free yep. Keen. And, uh, and he didn't object, which I was surprised about. Like, I thought for sure he would say, oh, no, I, you know, I, I'm not going to talk to you. But so he gave me the interview. And then a half an hour later, he comes up to me <laughs> after someone had obviously spoken to him yep. about who I was. And he said, oh, I, I didn't know who you were at the time when I gave you that interview. And I would like to request that you not use it. I mean, a lot of us have actually been here, you know, 10, some of us right. have been here 20 years or more. Some of us even came before the Free State Project existed. Correct. Um, so, you know, it's like, and there's also a lot of, you know, natives, uh, you know, that also support, you know, support the Free Staters. And are, if there weren't, are, we would are, never get anywhere. Right. Or are, are basically one of us. Yeah. Um, if, if, if not one of us, they just couldn't move for something because it was, New Hampshire was the place that was picked for the Free State Project. So. Yep. So uh, anyway, the, the point is that, yeah, these guys are completely controlled from the top. There was somebody who who told him, hey, you need to be careful. You can't just be giving interviews to anybody with a video camera. You need to come talk <laughs> to me first because I know who the right people are. And uh, this spread out to a group called uh, Stop Free Keen years ago where a local guy who is not one of our people, quote unquote, he's just a local uh, media personality. He wanted to create a new show over at the Cheshire TV, which is the cable access channel at the time. It's now out of business, but uh, at the time he wanted to make a show called Monadnock Showdown, and he wanted to invite in to the show people on two different sides of an issue, right? So whatever the issue is, like, oh, we ought to build this parking lot. Get the guy that's on the favor of it and the guy that's against the parking lot, right? Like, to, whatever the local piddly little issue in the town politics is he would have the people on both sides and so he wanted to do his first episode about free keen 
And so he went, he contacted me, and I knew who he was. We'd had a conversation previously. He actually happened to be like one of the dads that got screwed by the court system. So that's kind of how I, I got to know him years, yep. years ago. But that was the only thing that I'd ever reported on him for. But he was on the Free Keen blog if you searched for his name from like, you know, nine years prior to this. Uh-huh. And so he contacted me to invite me on his show, and he contacted the Stop Free Keen hate group and asked them to send a representative to be on the show, and they were going to you know, have us debate or whatever, right? Guess what? They wouldn't. No, they wouldn't appear. They wouldn't. I, no, I, they, were so, they were completely paranoid. They said, well, we have to bring it up with our, our council or whatever, because it's always you know, <laughs> a, the elite that are in control of a, the larger group. So there's this inner circle of people. They had to talk about this issue, and they had to talk about whether or not they wanted to do it. And they researched him, and they came back to him, and they said, well, it looks like you are on Ian Freeman's side. You have to remember the old saying, and I don't, I don't know who gets credit for this. It's been around for so long. First, they ignore you. Then they laugh Gandhi. at you. Was it Gandhi? Yep. Then they fight you. Then, then you, win. you win. And we are in the fighting phase. Phase three is happening here in New Hampshire, and it has been for some time, but it's even heavier now than it ever has been. It used to just be happening in Keene. It used to be, a decade ago, it used to be the haters were only here in Keene. The rest of the state didn't know anything about uh, the Free State Project, with the exception of a few of the Democrat and Republican elites out there that that sort of saw us out on the distant horizon, uh, or rabble-rousing out here in, yep. in the Keene area. And uh, and now it is, they're in full defense mode and full attack mode. The people in in the world of statism... In the the big government world here in New Hampshire, they are pulling out all the stops, and there apparently are is a lot of money coming in from national organizations like the uh, the NEA, which is the teachers union, and other big uh, groups. There is the one that George Soros funds that's called Granite State Progress. Here, it's a uh, progressive activism group here that's been trying to out free staters on the ballot for the last decade, roughly. And they now have an anti-freedom uh, podcast that they recently launched as really? well. Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah, they're trying everything. Mm. I'm, I have to say, I'm amazed at how how much has changed just in the last six years that I've been here. Yeah. It's like they, they've gone from, you know, like, you know, a small hate group in Keene, as you were saying, which which is actually basically no more. And um, I think it's, I think there might still be a facebook page or something like that that's but, it yeah um, that's really it exist and uh to like uh, you know all of these organizations like actively working uh getting being set up uh and you know working against us and money coming into the state from you know out of state and it's it's just you know and then and then and then it's and you know it's getting real when they start to protest you and start to yeah. s- smear you and spread lies and all sorts of stuff it's it's cra- it's really kind of crazy it's like but it kind of makes me smile I yeah think, it warms my heart it's like oh we're finally part of the you know we're part of the club we're part they of the big boy club yeah it's yeah. it's we're unavoidable at mm-hmm. this point they were already going mm-hmm. in the direction that we wanted it wasn't like you know right. we came in but- but like every place, they also had the communists trying to mm-hmm. trying to make them be communists. And the thing that communists can never bring themselves to do uh, is go live with other communists. They mm-hmm. want to have there needs to be a producer know, around. Yeah, they need to have productive people to rob. So they're not like us. They can't just 
go somewhere and produce stuff themselves. They, they're parasites. Uh, Jason Sorens, then a doctoral candidate at Yale University, who now is at St. Anselm College, which is in New Hampshire, devised the plan and envisioned that 20,000 people with like ideals would be enough to influence a small state to move in the direction of libertarianism. Although their numbers are not yet close to the 20,000 on the ground in New Hampshire, uh, we're barely even at a quarter of that, honestly, it looks like, but uh, the group and its leaders have taken over the Republican majority in the New Hampshire legislature and achieved far more than anyone could have imagined in the past two years i mean there's your there's mm-hmm. your there's your endorsement line yeah i mean right yeah i mean what, what is that telling you because that's nobody telling... realized how many people in new hampshire already loved liberty yeah that's that's just telling me that the, the population here supports us because we wouldn't have the numbers that we do if it wasn't for that uh, but you see the message that these people have is that you voted for these people but you didn't know who you were voting for you just voted for them because they were republicans they were acting as though they were republicans but they really are here to destroy your state government and you didn't want that well, hold on a second and so you need to protect protect your uh, your, your your freedom by voting communist so wait a minute that's going to work great. Is it, correct me if i'm wrong here but isn't the largest like voting block independence not that's republicans correct. or democrats in Hampshire? Yes, yeah. you are correct. So, so. But Democrats have to pretend that everybody agrees with them. I don't know what kind of an effect this is going to have. I want to believe it's going to have the effect you're thinking it's going to have, nobody, and that is it's going to backfire because they're mm-hmm. just going to inform New Hampshire voters who are overwhelmingly in favor of freedom about who the most freedom-oriented candidates are. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting ready for an increasing number of represent rendered, uh, yeah. increasing number of representatives this uh, next election cycle. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if if we had some modest. Uh, losses this time mm-hmm. this time around because the opposition is new. Um, I don't I don't expect to lose anywhere near uh, anywhere near everything. But I would you know I'm prepared for the idea we may lose a couple people. I mean, there's got to be a first time, the right? Same, at the same time, uh, I think in the long run it is going to uh, going to backfire mm-hmm. and. What's what's going to happen in the long run, and we're slow to do it because uh, because organizing libertarians is like herding cats. But you know, eventually we're going to have to start taking on the same, not the dirty tactics they use, but taking on some of the tactics they use. Start sending out some mass mailers to give them the real poop about what we believe mm-hmm. uh, and start marketing our brand. They um, actually do a decent job, though. And that's where the whole backfiring thing comes in. This mm-hmm. isn't the first time they've done this thing. They, they've done well, it for years where they'll target a free stater and they'll mm-hmm. send out, they'll spend the, I don't know, $20,000 or whatever to, to print up a direct mail campaign and then direct mail things to every household or every voting household in a given town. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll spend money on a full color, eight and a half by 11 glossy flyer to out the free stater and talk about how they want to defund government programs or whatever. And it's just like, okay, yeah, that's great. Now we didn't have to spend that money. You yeah, know, thanks, we want that to spend Thanks that. for marketing our but candidate it, for yeah. us. But there, but there are things, there's a lot of lies they put out there that are important to they do. Uh, they do, yeah. to yeah. cover for example uh somebody put out a list of uh churches mm-hmm. in new hampshire 
And it makes sense. A lot of people are moving mm-hmm. to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. We've got a lot of atheists, but we've also got a lot of religious people. Right. And different people have different tastes in churches. So one of the things that they put in there is a column that said how woke they are. I've been a registered independent for just north or south of 40 years. And the only regret I ever had of doing that, in my state, some states are different, but that means I can't vote in like a Republican or a Democratic primary. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty much stuck with voting for whoever they stick in the can. Hmm. And that one is a little, you know, bad. In anyway, New Hampshire, uh, you can uh, register as a Republican the day of the primary and change your registration back to independent the next day. Or you can do same the day. same thing. Same day. Uh, the the yeah. same day. Yeah. Or you can do yeah. the same thing with the Democratic Party. So that's nice. You don't have to go through life with that stigma. Right. There's a few states like that, but you know ours isn't one of them. Okay. Anyway, the second one is uh, <clears throat> this. Um, forgiveness on student loans that uh, Biden's dangling as a carrot right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I've heard from smarter people than me that he doesn't have the right or the the ability to pencil whip this thing through like he has done so many things. This has to be actually voted down in Congress. Hmm. Okay. And that's not going to happen until after the election. Ah, if, okay. If, if, if we get the red landslide that everybody's expecting... That ain't never going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be a red landslide. I know that that's what people thought, but then the uh, the decision came out with Roe versus Wade, and that's going to absolutely turn out a lot of blue voters. So it's going to be a close call, I, know, I think. I know. It's, the the, the, the teeter cotter is going back and forth a little bit yeah. here, but it, people are still PO'd. I think there's going to be more, more on the red side than on the blue side. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. But anyway, they only uh, have one right that they care about. So long as they can abort those babies, the government can make every other decision in their lives for them. So they're they're perfectly <laughs> set up to be one one issue voters. This must be the pitchfork people we're talking about. The pitchfork it's, it's people. Yeah, it's an old joke. What's the quickest way to unload unload a truckload of dead babies with a pitchfork? Oh. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was sharing with you a hit piece by somebody who works with a group called indepthnh.org. And I got to give these people credit. Uh indepthnh.org actually did some of the best coverage of the the whole Karen situation this week. They covered it on more than one occasion. They covered it in advance. Most of the news media didn't cover it in advance at all. They did with more than one article by different uh, journalists. And uh, so this is a hit piece, but it's his opinion. Oh, sorry, nobody. Uh, you're still muted. Go ahead. They don't seem to be lying very much in, in, in the hit piece, though, which is a refreshing change. Well, I, I haven't gone through the whole thing, so we'll, we'll see what else they have to say here. In yeah, a we'll see if they can keep that up. But I just wanted to give credit to them. Uh, you did an interview with them a few days ago. Chris, in-depth uh, NH. Well, I mean, I give him a quote, <laughs> basically. Okay, but they talked to you. They, yeah. they somebody had somebody had dropped your name to them, saying that you were harassing or whatever, trying to target Karen outside of the uh, the meeting that we went to on Wednesday. Yeah, I, I'll give them credit. I'm definitely giving them credit in terms of at least they did actually send an email uh, requesting comment. Now they did publish a story within Beforehand. 35 minutes, I believe, of me receiving the or what was it yeah 35 minutes after i received the email they published the report so it's not like i really had any time to respond but they did update it after 
So to be fair, you're That's not the good. easiest guy to get a hold of. That's true. You don't have a phone number, basically. <laughs> if you if you don't have the two way radio, you're not getting a hold of uh, of Chris here in any kind of decent amount of time. He's a business business owner. He's a busy guy. Uh, and I, 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 mean, I actually okay. got a message from Carla Garrick. I, Apparently, they contacted Carla yep. Garrick, and she was trying to reach you, but I didn't get those messages until much yep. later. So they tried in more than one way. It looked like. Yeah, to, uh, I mean, I am you. on. I am on the internet. I I am on instant messaging platforms like at Matrix. Um, I'm, I'm sure, out but there, the average but, reporter isn't going to be I, able to pick up a I Matrix. I do have an email Email and yeah. you know, email is still a mainstream means of communication. So. Anyway, I'm giving them credit. Are you going to tell yeah. anybody what your email address is, though? Yeah, sure. It's public. Uh, Chris at ThinkPenguin or Chris at FreedomDecrypted.com. There you go. There you there go. go. Uh, but I want to give them credit because they did reach out to you, and they when they did get in touch with you, they updated the story they to, to ha- add a, add your quote to it. So, uh, and and then you informed me that the lady who you spoke with uh, wanted to get on the free keen email list, and I spoke with her about that. She definitely she, she did indeed. Um, so. She definitely seemed. Is more, there a free keen email list only for journalists yeah, on the she, mainstream media? Oh, oh, okay. Well, one thing I will say is she, as a reporter, definitely seemed uh, more reasonable than the typical reporters that I've talked to, and she. Seems Talk concerned with being years. fair. When you take, when you say libertarians, you know, are say anti-LGBT, right? And it's it it wasn't the libertarians who sometimes said whatever right, it was who, who yeah. are L, anti-LGBT, and it's the Republicans who sometimes vote, you know, uh, with the libertarians. That doesn't make libertarians anti-LGBT. Yeah, it muddles the issue. And yeah. but that said, the fact that they believe this. That they believe that the libertarians have taken over the Republican majority in the legislature. Mm-hmm. It's not true, but that's actually what they believe. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, if you have an evenly divided legislature mm-hmm. and and you bring in a vote that can swing back and forth yes. and that's vote true. for vote with the Democrats when they do something pro liberty, which yep. sometimes On they occasion. do and and vote with the Republicans when they do something uh pro liberty, you know, it doesn't take that much of a swing vote to really control a lot of issues. Yeah, you can stop a lot of bad things from happening that way. That's true. Libertarians have influence in New Hampshire. There's no doubt about it at the end of the day. A large amount. Right. We have a lot of... We've we've made a massive progress over the last decade. However... We're not there yet. No. We don't control the state. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. um, they're acting we did, like we do. If we did, there would be major changes. Yeah, we've had we've been mm. able to make minor changes, but not major changes. Well, you I don't, don't know even it. know about but that. The way some we of can do some major changes when you, the listener, get yeah. your butt right. off here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, he goes on, including an expansive school. She's talking about some of the things that we've quote unquote done in the last two years. An expansive cho- school choice program that is costing the state an unexpected. Nine Nine million dollars in the first year of operation. He's what is he referencing? He's talking about the education savings accounts program, which isn't quote unquote costing the state. I think a lot of the credit actually goes to the Democrats, um, just in terms of COVID and all that stuff that's been going on too. Like, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying that we didn't have our own victories and our own successes, but. I think it's been it's been it's like heightened in terms of the you know number of people moving and the amount of success we've had. Yeah, that's true. A it's, lot of people have come here because of the mm-hmm. COVID crackdown elsewhere. Uh, and even here, he cites he actually cites COVID in his next uh, part of uh, you know the list of examples that he's given. Yeah. He talked about the the education savings accounts, and then he says also they passed laws prohibiting the sale 
or sorry, the state organizations, including healthcare nonprofits and businesses, from requiring COVID nineteen vaccines for workers or customers. Now he's not being clear with that. The rule said as long as they're taking funding from the state. Okay. I believe was the mm-hmm. the qualification there. They are also responsible for restrictions on abortion services and eliminating gubernatorial powers mm-hmm. during a declared mm-hmm. emergency. And I don't know what he's talking I about. I wouldn't take any any credit for the abortion thing. Yeah, me I mean, either. I'm, I'm pro-choice. There are pro-life uh, libertarians. You know, it, it depends on when they feel that that rights uh, attach, but I would say we're about 50-50. Yeah, there, I, I I don't know if I would say 50-50, but what I would say is that I, I feel like most of the people who are pro-life that I would say are libertarian would also not try to pass a law in regards to that. Yeah, so, well, this comes mm-hmm. back around to a, a quote-unquote liberty Republican right. who's with us on COVID isn't going to understand that government prohibition doesn't work and they're still going to support restrictions on abortion because they're not actually libertarians. Right. But these people <laughs> can't tell the difference. Right. And right. it's not in their interest to tell the difference. They don't want to be accurate in what they're saying. They want to tar us with a broad brush yeah. and make it sound like libertarian are these intolerant it's, people. it's manipulative it's a smear it campaign it's it, there's there's you know, uh, there's some there's some bits of truth here and there about some of it and then some of it is just you know it's it's making it's it's trying to make people think that we're some sort of extremist version of a republican right. that's not really accurate it's more not at all it's more like mm-hmm. we support uh certain we we are definitely i think more pro lgbt i i think is sort of maybe the free way to phrase it um in in that that's probably yeah. more of a democrat type thing and traditionally and then, we've uh libertarians have always been LGBT friendly. Our yep. first vice presidential candidate was uh, was gay. So he says, and they were behind the efforts to stop discussions of racial or sexual controversial issues in the state's public schools, but this year mm-hmm. failed to move those prohibitions to public universities and colleges. And what he's referring to there is a piece of legislation that, as I understood it, uh, stops teachers in government schools uh government high school middle school elementary schools from teaching racism essentially like teaching kids to be racist teaching Mm. critical race theory which is basically hatred for uh for caucasian yeah and the teachers union is livid about this uh happening here because oh this is our freedom of speech it's like well no you work for the government yeah. And so the government gets to tell you what you can and uh, can't do. If you don't like but it, I'll send your kids you to a private school. If yeah. that if that voucher system keeps growing, then there are going to be more new private schools starting here. And some of them will probably be non-religious. Yeah, they should and, be. Uh, Teach CRT and there. I, cer- I certainly hope so. I wouldn't send this... my kids to a religious school. And so uh, hopefully they can get hired away from the public school system. And although private school teachers don't make quite as much money, uh, according to the uh, surveys that have been mm-hmm. done of them, they're, they're, they're happier. actually happier yeah. and more satisfied with their jobs. Mm-hmm. Than the public school teachers. Yep, they get more leeway to do it what they want to do as far as teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole the whole topic just it it just rubs me the wrong way to be quite frank. Because on the one hand, I am very much a fan of free speech, but on the other hand, you guys are right. Like it, it, it's this is one of these things where it's like 
the solution the solution isn't to ban i don't think the solution the, i mean the optimal solution is not to ban it the optimal solution is to just get rid of the government schools right but they're not right. doing and, that they're um, not proposing that because they don't well, what we have right now is a problem where yeah we have quote unquote liberty legislators but they're not willing to go all in and they're, they're not, not in control willing. anyway right like they wouldn't be able to get anything passed i don't i don't think, think that if they that. were in control and they, they would also do it. have to look at their alliances because you have to cooperate in politics right. I mean, if you're going to yeah. get anything done. right and this all goes back to, especially if you're the minority this yeah. all goes back to influence right you you may be able to push something on one in one direction or another you might be able to block a bad bill or you know be the mm-hmm. voting you know the deciding and factor they into yeah. getting something good passed but you're not going to be able to stop something that the republicans and democrats maybe agree mm-hmm. on right. or which which is probably more than you would think because mm-hmm. otherwise we wouldn't be getting anything yeah passed. i mean republicans and democrats pretty much agree on 80 percent of uh of topics i'm all for it i'm all for um multiple different levels i'm all for uh choice market competition innovation um out of this like stagnant system i mean there's yeah it's just more innovation more choice and it's it's really sad that it's such a polarized right left issue um for you know for you know in the right and various people on the left for different reasons over the decades have really solidified around this being an issue like the, the public schools are the their favorite institution they're so strongly strongly behind them um without any consideration of, of of any kind of alternatives or anything they really and the, the the left especially really holds these institutions dear and you know this group of people um want to maintain control of the schools it's very important and, it, and it's different reasons but yeah. people come together and they and they um have made this into a really right-wing issue now the reason i support school of choice like i said market competition uh innovation the fact that there's just new ways to do things and new possibilities and yeah, you don't get that not- out of government schools you don't get innovation you don't get uh, mm-hmm. new concepts you don't get to try radical uh new ideas of education what nope. you do get is one size fits all yes and, and, again, and, and it doesn't and do that that's, well. yeah. that's gets- the thing if i was on if i was on the left i wouldn't want my kids getting the establishment party line because uh, you know that wouldn't that still wouldn't be my view. And I wouldn't I, want them going to school with right wingers. It's it's consolidating or whatever. It's it's they're consolidating and it's getting worse too because they're consolidating over the past. I don't know, 50, 50, 60, 70 years, they've consolidated education. So it used to be every, you know, there was a one room schoolhouse and then it became like, a, you know, a, a five room schoolhouse for the community or whatever. And then it started becoming county. They have these county schools, two or three county schools now. And, you know, they just they end up uh, now they've got a whole state system where in, in many places it's not a district decision, like what books are taught in schools or you know mater- educational materials. It's a curriculum that is state mandated. So it's even worse. Back to the hit piece here. Pulitzer Prize winning economist James M. Buchanan, often called the architect of the radical right, proposed a propose, developed a proposal for school choice that also included a vision of government as a fee-for-services enterprise instead of broad-based taxation. He had the financial backing of many of the wealthiest moguls in the country. Together, they envisioned... Must have been nice. If I could get some financial banking from some wealthy moguls, we'd see some real change. Together, they envisioned an oligarchy where they would make the decisions 
not the citizens of the country who always voted in their own self-interest for things like public schools, social safety nets, and other hallmarks of Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal. Well, you do realize that if other people can choose the kind of schools that uh, that their kids go to, you can do the same thing. If you want to start the Critical Race Academy mm-hmm. and teach your children that they're horrible because they're white, you can do but that. But then they wouldn't get public funding for it and be able to bilk every well, single person. Well, for now, they would because they'd be eligible for vouchers just <laughs> like people on the right are. You know, you know, you know what they, they need to start some schools that are more to their liking mm-hmm. than the public public school you've got the republicans and you got the democrats right and you, you, and obviously this isn't perfectly clear cut but you've got the republicans stereotypically you know giving money to big businesses right i'm happy to hear that we're going to be getting one of the speeding cameras will be placed on tinkley and central with that seven-year-old um i think his name was Chaparia, but um got killed going to the christmas river celebration you know it's at the bio park and uh, some guy was speeding and run the red light and killed him so they're gonna get a speeding camera and then they're gonna do other things to make it more pedestrian safe okay so sarah i just don't think that having a speeding camera up is going to stop someone from speeding and running a red light like what makes you think that one thing will lead to the other well you know what what they really need is I would like the full-fledged red light camera. That will help. I, but it seems like people don't like those as much as they'll tolerate a speeding camera. They'll just get you for speeding. So that's all we got to work with, and maybe they're going to make the crosswalk a lot more um, painted, brighter painted, or um, more visible, or have more signs that it's coming up or something. So, yeah, I think know, what you don't really understand is that most people who are breaking traffic laws don't really care about the law, right? Like that's why they're breaking the traffic laws. They don't they're not worried about it. They don't care about it. You think getting a ticket right. is going to dissuade people from running a red light or from uh speeding? It's like thinking that a serial killer is going to uh, stop having weapons if you outlaw. I think what most people don't understand is that, you know, laws and and tickets in particular, they may have a a, a short, very short term effect on somebody's driving or whatever. Right. But in the in the little bit longer term, right, like over the course of days or weeks or months, it. They just go back to doing what they were doing previously, right? Which is breaking the law. Most people, when they break laws, they're not thinking about the penalties of that law that they're breaking or that they're even necessarily breaking a law. So this idea that you can pass yet another law or put up yet another speeding camera in order to make us safer is really a a fallacy. And the other thing is people feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in doing what they do because they think they know what other drivers are, are going to do. And the reason that I that I believe that is there were a few cities in Europe that removed all of their uh traffic signs, all of their all of their street lights, all all of that nonsense and and basically said, You guys figure it out. And the thing is, because nobody knew 
what anybody else was going to do. They did have to slow down and pay attention mm. to what was going along, going, uh, going on around them. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.